Welcome to the Contributors Channel. My today's guest is the sales legend and superstar behind the Little Red Book of Selling. He sold over 500,000 copies worldwide. We'll dig into Jeffrey's life, his toughest sales, and his sales tips. Stay tuned to hear about common sales mistakes, his universal sales formula, and the future of sales. Don't miss out on this episode if you want to boost your sales game. Join me and welcome in the best-selling author and sales expert Jeffrey Gidami. Hi, Jeffrey. Thank you for coming on the Contributors Podcast. Victor, it is the pleasure is mine. I have done hundreds of podcasts, and the ones that I love most are people where our upbringing has been different because we can compare genuine notes about society and culture because you obviously grew up in a different culture, but now you're in California, which is obviously a different culture. You're almost an American. If you move a little bit east, you'll be fine. Um <laughs> There's three Americas, actually four. There's California, Las Vegas, New York, and every place else. I grew up in Philadelphia. I now live in North Carolina, and we have a, a condo at the beach in South Carolina. But I've lived here for 35 years, so I'm very Southern acclimated. It's a slower time. In New York, everything is rush, 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 rush. In Charlotte, you can walk. Oh, that's great. So this is yeah. less stressful, I would say, right? Right. And in California, it's probably the best place. The best thing you can be in California is a car. <laughs> Why? They take care of you, they polish you, they keep you full of fuel. You can't go any place without your car. You can't walk to the store at the corner without that's, your car. That's so true. Right? So I have always admired Californians for their ability to get from here to there the quickest time possible. And everything is measured in minutes, five yep. minute intervals. How yep. far is it to the airport? Oh, probably about 15 minutes. How far Not in miles, place? yep, in minutes. No, minutes, right. That's so true, right. California has culture, it's just, I don't know. It's different. It's just different from yeah. the other part of the United States. It's different, right? I think, is a better way, is a, is a perfect way to put it. So, uh, we all heard that a ABC rules of sales, right? Always be closed. But let's rewind to your first ever sale. I don't remember if you mentioned it in your book. What did you sell, the first your first ever sale, and how did you feel to close that deal? Well, my first ever sales was a little bit crazy. When I was a young kid, I sold candy bars door to door to raise money for charity. I was seven and I was very successful at it because I was for, it was for charity and candy bars were a nickel, but I sold them for a dime. No one, no one argued. When I was in grade school, I, my parents went to Florida and on their way back, you could buy fireworks legally. And so I sold fireworks to my, because in New Jersey where I grew up, they were illegal. So I sold firecrackers to my friends after school in New Jersey yeah mm -hmm. I made a lot of money a lot of money enough money to buy a car and I was 13 years old I sold Encyclopedia Britannica was my first real job and I immediately failed at it they gave me training I couldn't do it I was trying to convince people to do something that I didn't believe in myself my next job was selling baby pictures to mothers the photographer would go out, take a bunch of snapshots, give me an envelope, and I would go to the home of the people, lay out all the pictures, and there were three options. A free picture, and I go away. The small package, which included a, you know, a few things, and the best value, all the wallet pictures and all that. So my closing line was, do you want the small package or the best value? I never said you want the free 
freebie. And someone would always say one or the other. And that taught me closing and selling at the same time. And I was 17 years old. You could have free, you could, which you didn't have to pay anything for. The small package, which was about $30. And the big one, which is about $120. The best value. Yeah. Gotcha. So you're skimmed and the free. Skip, smart. Yeah. Wow. I wasn't smart. The company that taught me was smart. And oh, I just followed. I did what they told me to do. And you know, I, it's I, smart too, I, because I, in my experience, not many salespeople can actually do what you tell them to do. They're trying to be Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually one of the biggest problem of the people. <laughs> they try to be smart. The thing I realized, Victor, was that I loved selling and I wanted to keep doing that no matter what. When I was, and then I went to college and I dropped out of college and I traveled to Europe for one year. And when I came back, I started my own business and I manufactured leisure furniture and sold in New York City. When you sell in New York City, fuck you is a greeting and everybody wants a bribe. And so I had to sell knowing that criteria but never wanting to lose my my ethics because at some point I have to tell my mom what I did and I want her to be proud of what I'm doing so I figured out ways that I did not have to ever do what people asked of me if it was less than ethical that's how I began I and then I manufactured my own garments and the garment industry is worse for bribes I never gave and never did anything wrong I figured out a way to, to get around it so now I'm a master salesperson and I'm ethical I think that's very important to be ethical because you need to play the long game I never have to remember what I did or didn't do I always did the right thing right but, but Victor that's from upbringing that's how your parents taught you to do it yeah probably yeah this is where we got the uh, the principles right and the values in our right. life from our parents exactly. right and I, so I got them right and I I'm very grateful to them they watch me every day in heaven because they probably have nothing else to do up there and they're kind of pushing me in directions and I go where I'm pushed so I'm, I'm pretty spiritual as a person but I think more importantly it's are you proud of yourself every day when you look in the bathroom mirror at the beginning of the day or the end of the day yeah that's important yeah. very important you remember um, those little victories to yeah. feel that yep and and you did the right thing and you said the right thing and you didn't hurt anybody's feelings and everyone perceived some value from doing business with you so this is great story so they say that the toughest sales are the sweetest victories right can you tell us about your hardest sell what made it so tricky and how did you finally seal the deal what was the hardest okay. in your life let, let me explain something that's the it's foundational of selling uh -huh. the hardest sale to make is the one you make to yourself you have to sell yourself that the company that you're working for is the greatest and that the products or the services that you represent are the greatest and you have to believe that you are the greatest and you have to believe that you can differentiate yourself from your competition not compare yourself to your competition when you compare its price when you differentiate its value and the fifth part is the most critical part you have to believe that the customer is better off having purchased from you and you can't believe it in your head you have to believe it in your heart head is attached to price heart is attached to wallet you jerk on the heartstring wallet comes popping right out of that back pocket and and i'll ask my audiences how many of you have young kids or young grandkids people raise their hand i said what's their closing ratio and that immediately shows you that the sale is made emotionally and justified logically so the hardest sale I ever made was selling myself on doing what I believe to be true. Once that happens, all other sales are easy. All other sales are easy. And I 
I had the foundation of making difficult sales in New York City. It's the hardest place in America to make a sale, by far. I had the door knocking experience. I had the product that was my own. I, I never sold other people's stuff in New York. I only sold my own stuff. I, I sold leisure furniture. I sold imprinted sportswear, but I made it. So that allowed me to believe in it and sell it even deeper. And I, there were things I could do with it from a buyable standpoint that as the owner of the company, I had flexibility. So it wasn't traditional selling in that some boss gave me a quota that they pulled out of their ass, put me in the president's club. I, w I wasn't in the president's club. I was a president. That's a big difference. So for me to, you know, I recommend to every salesperson, do something on your own. Make your own product. Sell that. And you, you, once you start to believe in that and believe in yourself, you can grow anywhere. Grow anywhere. But when you're handed a piece of paper and told this is your quota, now you're achieving someone else's goal. Not your own. Right. But out of all your products, you said you, you made furniture, you made the sportswear. What was the toughest in the beginning, really, to find out how to sell this? I made imprinted sportswear. I wanted to make sales. I wanted to make big sales. I go to New York City with my partner. We were living in Florida at the time, and we're in this fancy hotel. And I'm thinking to myself, I got to make a sale. So I think about everybody I know in the world. And who could I connect with that would help me get in a door? Because I don't want to get in a door myself. It's stupid. So one of my aunts, my father's brother's wife, I knew this guy worked for Revlon, the makeup company. So I called my aunt and I said, can I talk to your brother about Revlon? And she goes, sure, here's his number. So I call him on the phone. I explain who I am. I'm welcome right away. I said, do you know the CEO of Revlon? Because I knew he'd worked there for like 20 years. He goes, yeah, I do. I said, could you give me his phone number and let me call him? Because I have some stuff that I, I believe will benefit Revlon. He goes, sure. So now he gives me the CEO's phone number. So I'm not making a cold call. I'm making a targeted call. So I call the CEO and I said, hey, I'm a, a relative of Charles Rothman. You know this guy. Oh yeah, oh, yeah I definitely know him. I said, I'm five blocks away. Could I come over and talk to you for five minutes? Sure. So I go over and I have an idea. I don't have a product. I have an idea. Oh, you sold him an idea. Wow. Okay. Do CEOs want to buy a product or an idea? Idea. So I said, and this is in the seventies when t-shirts were kind of new. I said, I have an idea that I can double the sales of Charlie perfume. When someone buys Charlie, we're going to give away a t-shirt so that not only will you increase the sales, but you'll also brand. Women will wear the shirt like it's gold. And he goes, come with me and he takes me down to the guy who's going to make the decision and says to the guy listen to this young man he knows what he's talking about and he leaves now it's up to me to make that sale correct i have a much better foot in the door than i would if i was just Gold going on my dead own guy right the guy unbeknownst to me was already looking at doing shirts and he had a big pile of them in the back he goes tell me why i should buy your shirt and not any of these so i open up my briefcase and i give him a piece of cloth i said this is the finest internet fabric, interlock fabric in the world. And I can make your shirt your way. If you want 17 inch wide, medium, 18 inch wide, medium, I can do it however you want. You want single stitch around the collar, double stitch around the collar, any way you want it. Cap on the sleeve, no cap on the sleeve, any way you want it. And I'll put your label in the back. It'll say Revlon. Not so painted. people behind see what is this shirt. Yeah, exactly. So brand. I double branded it with the logo and the label. And I walked out of that meeting with a purchase order for $100,000. For? Hundred thousand. Understand this. Making the sale was, was easy. Preparing to make the sale, that was the hard part. Right. So how did you come up with this idea to offer this so they will be given away? It was kind yeah. of, that was what was happening in the marketplace. People were giving away t-shirts in order oh, to build brand I recognition. See. But they didn't do it. 
so you suggested them something that worked for someone else. Exactly. Smart. Wow. That's really smart. So I'm mm -hmm. going to repeat. The sale was easy. The preparation mm -hmm. is what killed us. Right. So if you're unprepared, it's very hard. Coming to up with the idea, having the fabric, having everything I needed, having the right guy, getting introduced to the CEO, making the message of the CEO where he bought it and took me downstairs to this other guy. And then they, and then I'm home. Most salespeople do it the wrong way. They do it upside down and backwards. They don't put themselves, I want the guy to buy it. I don't want to sell it. If I have to sell it, I'm, I'm fighting a losing battle and the guy's going to ask me for, for a proposal and he wants to talk about price. We never talked about price. We never talked about price. Right. Because he liked the idea. Because he saw the outcome. That he saw how it will really increase his sales. Wow. Jeffrey, we know that the little red book of selling has 12 and a half principles of sales greatness. Well, yes. So what are your top three go-to principles? Why and why are your faiths? Number one, kick your own ass. <laughs> Because nobody's going to come to you in the morning, Victor, and say, come on, Victor, you can get out of bed. Come on, bud. You're the guy. Come on, you can do it. So the salesperson is responsible for his or her own, his or her own success. That's number one. Principle number 12.5 is resign your position as general manager of the universe. Just concentrate on the things that you can do better than anybody else. That's, that's the concentration. And principle eight is if you can make them laugh, you can make them buy. Look how many times you and I have laughed so far together today in 20 non -stop. minutes. <laughs> Non-stop. Yeah, exactly. And what happens is when you laugh together, it builds that sort of unspoken bond. It's tacit approval that what I'm saying is the right thing the right way. So I always, I always concentrate on making the other person smile. I also used one other strategy with you today that I use every single time I go into a meeting with a stranger. I asked one question. Where did you grow up? Not where are you from? Where did you grow where up? Where did you grow up? Because that is a specific question that creates a memory. I'm interested in you thinking about your childhood, not your country of origin. I'll get your country of origin, but I want to know about your childhood way more importantly than that. Your brothers, your sisters, your mom and your dad, if they're alive or passed on, the transitions that you made and you can picture yourself on the boat or on the plane coming over here for the first time and, oh, I'm in America. It's different than the Ukraine. And you can remember it like you, you, like you can remember your name. Yeah. So when you ask this question, it brings like warm feelings. So person starts exactly. feeling good exactly. immediately. And with this mood, it's much easier to talk because oh, he's off guard. Not necessarily off guard, but comfortable. Comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. This is so powerful. I, I'm going to start using this question. Exactly. You know? Yeah. That's really cool. Never thought about yeah, this. And you can say, do you want to know where I grew up? And they're going to go, yeah. And you can say, Atlanta. Doesn't my accent sound like Atlanta? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so even sales pros screw up sometimes. Uh, what are some common mistakes that salespeople need to avoid? Like the there's, there's one mistake that salespeople always make. Their belief in what they sell is not deep enough. Mm -hmm. And their attitude towards it can become somewhat negative, even cynical. What you say when you're not with the customer has to be completely congruent than what you say with the customer. So you go into a sales call and you're Mr. Happy, everything's fine. You leave the sales call and you go, my boss is an asshole. My people can't deliver. You know, I'm, there has to be some congruency or you're going to lose. And to me, that's the biggest mistake that salespeople make. They don't have a consistent message on the job and off the job. They didn't do the main sales. Like you mentioned in the beginning, right. they didn't sell to themselves. Yeah. Anything else? Um, if Another I gave any more information, I'd have to send you an invoice. <laughs>
<laughs> Great. Okay. So before Jerry shared with us the killer sales formula that always works wonders. If you enjoyed this video, please give a like and share it with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell to be updated on my future videos. And we continue before Jeffrey send us an invoice. <laughs> Jeffrey, do you have a killer sales formula that always works? wonder spill the beans i i'm going to tell you i attract people i don't make calls i didn't call you you called me i don't right. call anybody because my information is out and people can find it so rule number one is attract with value cool and then you're going to deliver emotionally not logically you're going to convince them that your value is greater than your price and then you're going to exceed their expectations after delivery so it's not about the sale victor it's about the outcome I I don't want to celebrate the sale until I've made the delivery and I know the customer loves it. And I've had some lunch with them. It's important that the customer perceive that your value is greater than your price. If they perceive that, they're going to buy. Somebody goes and buys a Mercedes. Somebody goes and buys a, a Tesla because they perceive that the value is greater than the price I have to pay. There's no barrier. And in sales, second best is first loser. You always have to go in and perceive that you're the best for whatever the circumstance is. I'm the best solution, I'm the best answer, I'm the best product, I'm the best service. When I believe that, I can march to success. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna convince this prospect that my value exceeds my price. So uh, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Can you share a time when you knocked a client's socks off with your first impression? How did you do it? Let me go back to the original person who made that statement. You never get a chance to make a first impression. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. That was Coco Chanel. She was, she's the goddess of fashion. Everyone wishes that they had her brand because she was the epitome at her time of what looked good. She invented the little black dress see unbelievable and by the way my daughter gabrielle was named after coco chanel coco's name is gabrielle coco chanel oh i see i didn't know that wow okay now you have to know these things it's very important so when you go to her store in paris you realize that nothing else is like it so when i go to meet a customer a potential customer an existing customer or anybody i always look my best i always smile when i walk in the room and i always shake hands firmly so they know i'm happy to greet them i'm happy to meet them so it's never what did I do to wow it's I always wow I always wow and then once I'm in the room I can do some wow things and it'll be okay so for example I walk around the room if I present to a CEO that makes him or her get up and walk around the room as well they're comfortable to walk around as soon as they get up from their desk I go sit in their chair in their chair yeah you can do it wow and what is the reaction oh yeah well listen it's it's called chutzpah but it's also called sales balls uh -huh. if you have sales balls you're you're different immediately than everybody else because they're trying to be professional i'm trying to be friendly and funny all things being equal people want to do business with their friends all things being not quite so equal people still want to do business with their friends so i'm going to be friendly with this person not professional so be aware that everything you do creates an impression okay if you go on a business golf trip with someone and you're playing golf with a customer they will never remember the score of the round unless they shot the best round of their life or they had a hole in one but they will always remember that you cheated on the third hole <laughs> right that's true. And you can, you hear it right now. Uh, when the guy says, put me down for a seven, that means they had a nine. Okay. If they cheat on golf, they'll cheat in business. Right. That's true. Because this is your nature. So I don't want to create doubt. If I tell the truth, I never have to remember what I say. 
If I do the right thing, I never have to remember what I did. Wow, that's really cool. And I heard that you're working on some new, very interesting project called hyperreal.io, right? So what, yes. what is this? Could you share some details? What is this project? I'm involved in a company that is at the pinnacle of AI. Artificial intelligence will be the new way to train people and get people to learn. I have a wealth of content. I've written 17 books. I've got a thousand YouTube videos. I'm putting them all into one AI hopper and I will be available to anybody in the world, any time of the day, in any language. And that'll happen in about a month. Oh, so it's like virtual you. Wow, that's genius. Did you come up with this idea or they approach you? Again. No, I met the guy on accident in a, at a dinner and we fell madly in like with each other. They only do celebrities. So let me, I'm using right now some uh, chat GPT and Bart from Google, which is amazing AI. So this project, as I understand, so they uploaded all your books, seminars, everything, videos, and I can yeah. ask questions from you virtual and the AI will go through all your materials and give me instant answer, right? Correct. Wow. Exactly. It, that's amazing. Exactly. And that will happen in about, I already have the working with the beta right now, but I have to teach it to be me. I, I, we have the image selected. We have the voice selected. Everything will be there and it'll, Victor, it'll be there for a hundred years. Yeah. Uh, for thousands of years. And yeah, you just exactly. need to put some more humor. Yeah. So it will answer with some curse words, right? Yeah. I'll try to, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so not to be boring and professional, but funny and friendly. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so so it will be you, not just some robot. <laughs> so, and how people can find it, they need just to go to this, like you said, in the months or so. Yeah, just go to Gittimer.com. It'll be uh -huh. there. I see. Okay. It's just on your website. Amazing. So yeah. Jeffrey, in your opinion, what is the future of sales going to look like? So with all this e-commerce blowing up and artificial intelligence, which we just mentioned is changing the game, what's going to be the biggest hurdle for sales pros in the next 10 years? And how can they boss it like? Pro. Stop being afraid of technology and start embracing it. You see all kinds of stuff about how chat GPT is going to change the world and people will lose their jobs and all that kind of crap. It's all bullshit. There'll always be a need for human interaction. Always. The people that will fail at it are the ones that suck right now anyway. But if you're damn good and you have content, you're going to win. And if you don't, you're going to lose to someone who's a winner. And you can't ignore technology anymore. You have to be on top of it. It's not about drinking a beer and watching Netflix at the end of a day. It's about studying and studying what's now and what's new and what's next. So your customer perceives you as a person of value, not a sales guy. So become kind of influencer and be on top of the technology and everything, which is right. So this you have to be an influencer, but you have to have influence. You have to be posting online. You have to, there's social things you need to do. There's ideas that you have to share. If you're going to go to the trade association, a uh, trade show, you need to be one of the speakers. There's, there's levels that you can achieve as a salesperson and you have to seek the highest level every time. Wow. Yeah, totally agree. This is exactly one of the reasons I started this channel two years ago. As Jay Abraham, my mentor, suggested to say, hey, Vic, why don't you start the channel so you will be different from all your competitors? <laughs> and this is exactly, yeah, I see this is really future. So every salesperson. Uh, to... And just mm -hmm. make a total confession. I love Jay Abraham. Yeah. He's a, he's great, a great, great guy. Indeed. Thinker, everything. Uh, thanks to him, 
time I went to his breakthrough on the beach and I saw your presentation and I, man, I read one of your, when I moved to the US, this was one of the first sales book I read about sales and this has changed a lot of things in my approach. And then I, cool. wow, now, now you're talking, I want to talk to you and learn more from you. So our Good. audience can learn from you. This is amazing. It's my, pl it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah. So, hey, before we call it day, Jeffrey, our viewers might be dying to connect with you. So uh, when can they find you online and what goodies do you have for sales pros looking to up their game? I am on every social media platform, obviously LinkedIn, but Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. The best thing to do is go to my website, Gittimer.com, and everything is there for you to click on and buy or whatever, you, any book or Amazon, any anything. I would start with the little gold book of Yes Attitude and the little red book of selling, and that will begin your library of, of wonderful ideas and facts. Wonderful. I will place the link in the description below, guys, so you can uh, visit and see. Thanks a million, Jeffrey, for gracing us with your sales expertise on the Contributors Podcast. It's been a hoot having you on the show, and I'm sure our audience is raving about your words of wisdom. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure, Victor. My pleasure. Dear viewers, I hope you found this interview helpful. If you have any questions, please leave them in the comments below. If you're interested in reading Jeffrey's book, Little Red Book of Selling, you can find the link in the description below. If you enjoyed this video, please give it a like and share it with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell below to get notified about new videos. Thanks for watching. Stay healthy. Stay wealthy. Stay tuned.